We are Centrepoint Church. This is a recent recording from our Sunday morning gathering. We hope you can join us at the Odeon Cinema in Guildford, Sundays at 10am. Enjoy the message. Hello, hello, good morning. Do um, come and grab your seats and uh, finish up those conversations. I'm so pleased that you've been able to come this morning, so let me just add my welcome to you along with John's. Um, I'm so pleased that you've come. Uh, It's always good to gather together, and um, today you've come to a great morning because we get to be together and uh, just come into God's presence, and it's so good worshipping and just, yeah, hearing God speak through our worship time so clearly and right on the topic, really, that we're going to be looking at today. Um, And so we're going to be in... Colossians chapter 4 and so you can start to turn to it now and if you haven't got a Bible with you then stick your hand up in the air and one of our our team will bring you a Bible to you to your seat and stick it in your hand and it might just be that the reason why your hand is up is because you don't own a Bible and if that's the case then you can just write your name in the Bible you're given you can keep it it will bless you you can have it as a free gift from us it will do you good. Yeah, so, so I'm, I'm Chris and I get the privilege of serving uh, the church by leading our leadership team and uh, I'm married to Catherine. And I've got to be honest with you, women are a bit of a mystery to me. And yeah, amen. Especially my wife, Catherine. She, um, she's nuts, really. Do you know, she prays literally about everything. The kids get her, her first response, right, let's pray. Or... Job isn't going well, right, need to pray. Or longing to see God come through on something, right, we've got to stop and we've got to pray. Joyful about what God is doing in in her life in some way, need to pray. There's always worship music kind of going on around the house um, in the mornings as she's getting dressed or she's doing the cleaning, stuff like that. And uh, even more recently, she's just been praying loads for opportunities with her colleagues um, to to keep kind of just interacting with them in, in ways and hanging out and having opportunities to just... To be, to, to be with them, and they just keep rolling in. Um, someone put it like this, that coincidences happen when we pray. And that certainly seems to be the case in, in Catherine's life at the moment. Um, I'm, I'm not sure I'm exactly the same. Although I do remember there's a few... This is a, a story that highlights that. A few years ago uh, now, we, we had quite a decent car, and we were going to go on holiday, and the car, car was working well, and we thought, right, in order to kind of get more space, you know, with the kids and everything, we're going to buy a roof box for this car. And so we started uh, looking at roof boxes, and you'd be surprised. Roof boxes are, like, hundreds of pounds. Like, it's ridiculous. It's a bit, you know, when you become an adult, students, you've got this to come. Um, no, you are adults, really. But stuff like curtains. Curtains, man, they're expensive. And, and roof boxes are no different. And so I'm looking online uh, for roof boxes, thought, oh, okay, I'd find the free ad, see if anyone's got anything available. And over a couple of days, they started coming in. Oh, okay, this is good. And, um, but what happened was that our car then broke down. And so the car's now defunct, and the kind of... the. Um, the unit, the, like, the, the thing that controls everything that sits just behind all the, you know, the dials, um, which does all the electronics, that completely went down. It was going to be like thousands of pounds to fix. And so now, not only do we need the roof box, but we need a new car. And so I'm, you know, I get on with life, so I'm practical. So, OK, right, start Googling, looking at cars, sort of looking into all the, the finance, different finance deals and stuff like that. And I really wanted a seven-seater car because we like to go to France and we need lots of stuff and we go to, like, our, our yearly festival, which is in, called Connect Festival, coming up 
That's what that poster's about. Look in if you haven't already. And we do all this kind of stuff and say, right, I need a seven-seater car. And I'm there, I'm looking at all the deals and um, start clicking through. And this, this is a Monday night. And I'm, get, I'm sort of ready to go. And Catherine in her mysterious self just says, wait, Chris, let's just stop. Why don't we just pray? Like, before we just get too, too rough, let's just stop and pray. And, and so we did. And it's not like sparks or magic happening, but we just prayed. And then the next day, in the morning, I was at a prayer meeting. It was six, one of those 6 a.m. prayer meetings in the morning. And I'm with a bunch of people from, from the church, and we're praying. And at the end of the prayer meeting, um, I'm walking out, and, and one of the, an older guy in the church just comes up to me. And he says, Chris, I've got this car that's been sitting in my garage. And I, we just don't want it anymore. We kind of we don't really want much for it. Maybe just a hundred pounds or so, two hundred pounds. Do you know anyone who needs a seven-seater car? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> and um, and then he goes, oh, and I, I could really do if someone could also take our roof box as well, like and and have it. I've got, the bars are all there for it. And so I'm I'm obviously a bit of a wreck. I can't believe that this is happening. And um, and so later on that afternoon, I, I call Catherine. I say, hey, Catherine, I found a roof box. It's just £200, and I've bought it. Oh, and by the way, I got a car for free. <laughs> and uh, it, was, it was a great story. It's a great kind of persistence of prayer and just stopping and, and praying. In fact, the car that we drive right now, that is the car that, that got uh, given to us in that way. And so, but I, I have to admit that when it comes to kind of thinking about things that I pray for... I found it quite easy to think of those kind of examples. I found it easy to think of examples where, um, where I prayed for needs and wants and all sorts of things and God came through. There's, there's examples in our life where fridges have been delivered and just amazing miracles of stuff that God has done through his, his providence. And preparing for today's talk, I was really challenged because... Today's talk really is about how we pray, not just for all the things that we want and need and our desires, but how do we pray for the kingdom of God to advance and break through in the lives of those that don't know him yet? Do we do that? Do we pray for, for the needs and wants and desires of our, of our neighbours and, and our friends, our family and our colleagues who, who don't know him? Do we, do we seek God and devote ourselves to prayer and asking his kingdom to break through into to the lives of those people around us that haven't met him yet? How often do I come to God agendaless um, and just pausing and resting and taking time to hear from him and asking for his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven? You know, there's a reality that I think every faith-filled, God-loving Christian who has received God's love for themselves can easily find it possible to kind of go weeks and months without really praying, let alone weeks and months without praying that God's kingdom will break through in the people around them and not just praying for their own kind of wants and desires like, like I can find it so easy to do. And so there's a church in Colossae, which is the book of Colossians was written to by Paul, and they are, are very similar. At the beginning of the book, um, in Colossians chapter 1, Paul says, oh, I always thank God, the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus, and of the love that you have for all of God's people. The faith and love that spring up from the hope stored up in you um, from heaven, about which you've heard this true message of the gospel that's come to you. This church has a reputation for loving people and having great faith. I think much like our church do, much like we do as a people. 
And in it, Paul writes this letter because it's easy for us to live our lives quite selfishly, in, even in the area of prayer. In, throughout the letter, Paul talks about them encouraging them to forgive one another, to treat each other as, like, as they would want to be treated and how God would want to treat them, to clothe themselves with Christly humility. And his last instruction at the end of the letter, which is what we're going to read in Colossians chapter 4, which hopefully you found by now, but I'll click on the screen anyway, says this, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. But be wise in the way you act toward outsiders and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace and seasoned with salt so that you may know how to answer everyone. It's amazing verses. At the end of this, he then goes on to thank them, uh, thank other people in their church. But this is the, his kind of last plea to them. You know, whatever you do, whatever you've heard, I want to encourage you to devote yourselves to prayer, to do these things, to make sure you take opportunities to be full of grace, to be seasoned with salt, to, to be wise, and, and, but also to be clear, to proclaim Jesus and to pray, being watchful and thankful. This series, we're, we're going through a series called Equipped. Um, and which is which is this and it's all about gearing ourselves up for the plans of God and so far we've looked at how um, as we gear ourselves up for the plans of God that God he, he starts in us he starts a work in us before we can go outwards and so we looked at Jonah in week one and then in week two we looked at how um, we are equipped with this precious message and uh, last last week as well we looked at the missionary heart and how understanding God's heart for people helps us to have a heart for people too and so both of those messages were very much this is the gospel this is what it looks like and it was great to see so many people over the last few weeks responding to that either for the first time or as a significant recommitment and as we press into this week we're looking at how we can be equipped on our knees how can we be equipped in prayer equipped by coming to share the good news of Jesus through prayer. Prayer, or I guess the act of quiet reflection on God and the world, is something that almost all religions practice in some way. And even more than that, a recent study showed that 25% of all people who don't class themselves as religious or believe in anything also pray at least once a month. And almost all of them will pray at significant moments in their lives, uh, maybe before key events, uh, maybe at bereavements and and, in other occasions. Um, People all around the world will visit places, um, mountains or on bridges, and they will take moments to pray. They will padlock their padlocks to bridges. They will take minutes silence as they envisage all that God might have done or do as they reflect on their life and as someone might pass lots of mental health and well-being advice is all about pausing reflecting breathing stopping to think about your life about things that might be going on and just breathing it's a fundamental almost to who we are as human beings actually to take time out solitary time to reflect and pray and you, whether you're a Christian today or not, you might have found yourself just having moments in your life where you've just needed to pause, reflect, look at the view. 
We, we sing the song as Christians, Lord, I need you, oh, I need you. Every hour I need you. Prayer is, is a way where we come before God. Uh, someone put it like this, who you are on your knees is who you are, full stop. Your, your identity and who you are before God is who you are in, in your relationship with him. And we do that through prayer, amongst other things. So long before, you know, when the disciples asked Jesus how to pray, long before we get the give us today, our daily bread, before we get the forgive us our sins, before we get the deliver us from evil, Jesus taught his disciples this. He says, start at this, our Father in heaven, hallowed or holy is your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then it goes on. Having heard, I guess, last week about the prodigal son and about how the father's heart is for, his, for this son who was lost to be found, but also for the older son and how he has a heart for both sons and how he looks to embrace all people to himself. It's obvious that Jesus' prayer and his mandate for how to pray would start with God, recognising his place in our lives, recognising his holiness and his greatness And therefore, it's right, therefore, to pray for his kingdom to come and for his will to be done. And before we start thinking, moaning, interceding, asking, requesting and pleading for ourselves. Being equipped on our knees is all about placing his kingdom in his will in the rightful place, not just in our lives and in our church, but also in our hearts and and I guess in our prayers. And so we're just going to sort of unpack that Colossians chapter 4 verse just a little bit. Um, to talk about, okay, well, what is prayer? Specifically, we, we did a, a talk not long ago where we talked about the different relational pathways to God and talked about like seven different pathways in which we can learn to pray to God in. And um, if you've missed that, you can, you can find it, ask me, and I'll, I'll drag it out for you. But today I'm really focusing on praying for, I guess, in terms of our Quip series, how we gear ourselves up for the plans of God to pray for the people that don't know him yet. And so... Colossians starts, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And so pray, praying is is so important, isn't it? Throughout the New Testament, we see Jesus is either going to a meal or going from a meal or he's sitting at a meal. And so we see that hospitality is important to him. And in exactly the same way, we also see him, many, many, many sentences starting, Jesus went off to a solitary place. Jesus went went up the mountain to pray. Jesus um, went... You know, before a miracle, he prayed for, for this or that. Before a healing, he prayed for this or that. There are times um, before his betrayal where he's in the garden praying three times and he's trying to encourage the, the, the disciples to stay awake, be watchful, come on, pray with me. And, and they keep falling asleep, but there he's praying. Whilst being nailed to the cross, he's praying, Father, forgive them, they don't know what to do. Even in his dying breaths, he's praying, Father, I commit my um, spirit into your hands. Just as Jesus devotes himself to prayer, so his disciples along with him do as well. And so we see throughout Acts them praying, gathering together in in that upper room before the Holy Spirit comes and fills them. What they're doing, they're praying. They're praying and they're they're seeking God. And here Paul is giving instructions to this church who loves God. They love God like we do and they know him. And he's saying, hey, we need to devote ourselves to prayer. The devotion is like when we we give our full attention to something. It's taking time out of the day to to give our full attention to to God. Being watchful is as we wait and we look and we see what what happens as we pray for our our neighbours, our friends, our colleagues, and and then we observe. And and as we watch, we care. 
And it, that helps us, watching and caring go hand in hand. And so we're not just praying for a project to take place. No, they're people. And they're people that we care about and love. And so as we watch, we care. And then we're thankful because all, the, all that God might do and does do in them. Last spring, um, our girls were really excited about planting um, sunflowers. That's it, not daffodils. I was going to say daffodils. Sunflowers. And so they... Um, take real time they you know get the seeds plant them in the ground take care they give attention to the seeds they then take care to watch and see oh is it sprouting is it growing and and as they're watching that they're caring they're making sure they're watering it and and you know making sure the ground is okay around it and the first shoots start to come through and they're oh this this is great and they continue to care and watch and 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 you know see this these flower comes up and then one day on the way home from school they they see that, that those flowers opening and they're like wow you know, their reaction is not, hey, look how amazing I am. They're like, oh, wow, look at this, look at what's happened, look at this amazing... They're in awe and wonder at how this plant has, has grown. It's very similar for us. That as we come before God, we, we, we pray, we devote ourselves to, to time to pray for our friends and our family, and then we watch, and we see, oh, is there opportunities to chat to them? You know, how, how's that circumstance in their life doing? And, and as we watch, we care, and, and we might get alongside them and help and, and support and, and just be friendly, and because, we, because we're praying and watching, we're, we're caring for them, for those people around us, and then as God starts to break through, we don't sit back and think, oh, look, how good am I? Look what I've managed to do. No, no, we give God all the praise. We, we thank him for what he's done. It's the same for what we should be doing in our lives. And so it's always good to think, let's talk to Jesus about our neighbours before we talk to our neighbours about Jesus. It's, a reality. it's good to come before God and to talk to him and to lift them to him. Pete, uh, Greg... Um, who's from Emmaus Road, who's 24-7 prayer guy. He's written this book, How to Pray. Uh, it's really helpful. Um, I've actually been listening to it and, um, on Audible and then just diving into the book for, uh, you know, just, oh, what was that again he said? And um, it's really, really, really helpful. And he, he, his chapters take the acronym PRAY, so pause, rejoice, ask, then yield. And in his first bit in terms of pausing he he does these things that we're in we're sort of saying find a place to pray whether that's in you know a spare room in the house or a particular sofa or whether it's in the car on the way to work whether it's on as you're walking somewhere wherever it might be finding a place like Jesus always found a place to pray places were important to him and his disciples encourages us to do the same switch off your phone you know put it on like airplane mode or something so that you can give God your full attention and then take time to just breathe and rest and dwell and seek first his holiness and his majesty. You, there might be all sorts of different places and ways in which you can apply this to your life. The encouragement is, is to pray and to devote ourselves to that. And then as we do that, it's to proclaim. So verse 3 goes on, Pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I'm in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. See, Paul wanted to encourage the church that when they pray, that we're praying for opportunities. We're praying for these doors to open, as, as he says it. We're praying for an opportunity to tell people to proclaim Jesus and that when we do it, that we can do that clearly. It reminds me 
that, do you know what, sometimes the doors aren't always open. You know, when Jesus sent out his disciples two by two, he says sometimes there'll be times where people kind of shut the door in your face. And when that happens, that's okay. You know, don't get angry, don't get mad, just sort of see. It says brush the, the sand off your feet and just keep going. Go to, go to the next house and go to the next person and go to your next friend. The doors aren't always open, so it's important for us to, to pray. It's good for us to remember that um, we aren't friends with people so that a door opens. We genuinely care. So we continue to be friends with them all the time anyway. That's important. But we also, when an opportunity does present itself, we take the time to pray. So a while ago, I used to work in a gym and I was working there for a couple of years and I got to know uh, this guy and um, he was a personal trainer in the gym and uh, it was kind of, you know, a real hench, you know, hits the weights loads and you know, does all the stuff, looks the part. And so um, we got to know each other, we'd hang out and uh, got to know his girlfriend and his family. Catherine got to know his girlfriend as well and we sort of became good friends. And so there's this moment where we're in the stock room and we're, we're getting some stuff. I think we were, we we're going to do some promotional stuff in town or something. And so uh, we were getting some banners and stuff. And as we were in the stock room, he started chatting to me about his girlfriend's uh, mum who had just been giving diagnosis of cancer and you know you, you just get that moment it's like boom 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 and you're like oh I know I should do something I, I, I could offer prayer I could do anything and you start having that internal conversation you know do I just say oh I'll be praying for you but then but not expect to pray right now and just walk away or you know you kind of oh should I say anything or should I just listen and, you know should I give him a hug should I what should I do and you know he's not he was not crying because you know he's, he's a tough man but you know he's getting teary-eyed and um I guess kind of all these internal conversations going on um I just found myself saying look I, I believe in God I'm happy to pray for you and then to my shock he was like yeah okay and then bowed his head like this <laughs> and I was like oh, oh you mean you mean now and um <laughs> so I, I sort of you know um went into church mode and it's like oh, can I put my hand on your shoulder? It's like, yeah, yeah, sure, okay, see. And we're standing there in the stock room praying and, um, yeah, it was, it, was not, it was just a weird scene, like this really big kind of hench, good-looking dude and my mate and, <laughs> and uh, we're standing there praying and, you know, anyone could have walked in but it was great to kind of take that opportunity. A door had opened and I don't know what's happened with that. I, I don't know... Uh, you know, obviously we've, we've moved location, I, I don't work in the gym anymore, neither does he, and I, I don't know what, what happened there, but I think almost that's irrelevant. What I guess our calling is to do is to see those doors and, and then take those opportunities. It wouldn't be right for me to all the time, you know, in every break and every whatever, be talking about Jesus and praying, but when the opportunity presents itself, especially in that situation where, you know, we, we had a little bit of privacy and then I guess that's a good chance to take it and to go for it. Yeah. So if you're not a Christian here today, what I want to let you know that when a Christian does come along to you and say, oh, I'd love to pray for you, and your heart's racing, do you know theirs is racing just as hard too? Because it takes guts and it's nerve-wracking and we all get nervous about it when we go and offer someone prayer who we perhaps think might reject us in our face. And, you know, I just want to encourage you that, yeah, if, uh, if someone does, why not try it? Why not, why not give it a go? Why not say, yeah, okay. What's, what's the worst that could happen? 
you never know, God might just break through into your situation. And so as we pray for these kind of opportunities that this passage encourages us to, as we proclaim Jesus, and we say, hey, you know, Jesus is alive and, and he loves you, then we start to look and we're watchful for these, these moments. And so I just want to encourage you to be doing the same. As we have this gospel motivation that helps us to take those gospel moments when they appear. Um, so I mentioned one where, which went quite successfully. Um, it's always good for me to mention some that don't go so well too because I'm not like an uber Christian, I'm just like you. And so just last week we're in the car park, we've just come out of swimming and uh, with our girls, they go swimming and um, we're just getting in the car and this woman comes along and she is properly distressed. She's kind of like crying and um, she's got a young child with her. And what's happened is that she, she's just got herself in a real muddle trying to park her car and she's kind of like bashing the cars either side and it's all a bit chaos. And um, she's clearly kind of sleep deprived. She had a baby as well. And um, she was like, just please, can, can you help? And so I, I went along and, and helped and managed to... I, in fact, took her car out and then reversed it in so that when she comes back later, she'll be able to get out. And there was, there was a door there where I could have just, I don't know, prayed for her, asked her, you know, I could see that you were distressed, you know, maybe pray for peace, I don't know, just ask the question, and I didn't take it. I, I backed away, I shied away, I just, you know, just kind of said, here you go. She was very grateful and walked off, got in the car, drove home. And there's these moments all the time, and I'm sure that I've missed more moments than what I've taken. And do you know what? And yet what I know is that every time I take a moment, although it feels like, wow, like really panicky in the moment, it always feels so great afterwards. And, I, and you feel like, oh, yeah, I'm helping to bring the kingdom of God to fruition. Chris Kilby's book, uh, this one, which we've based our series on, I gave out four last week, um, well done to those lucky people, um, says this, many Christians are like Arctic, Arctic, Arctic rivers. They're frozen at the mouth. And it can be so easy to be like that, to, to be people who we kind of, we have this good news, it's great joy, we, we, we love it and we receive it for ourselves, but to be unwilling to want to share it. And so we need to pray. We need to devote ourselves to pray. God, give us boldness, give us strength to help us to look for those gospel moments with the motivation you've given us to share the good news. And then lastly, um, Prepare. So it says this, be wise in the way that you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. The results of us praying and and watching and caring, giving thanks to God, pausing and seeking God's kingdom is that we become wise in when to speak and also wise in when to listen. We become sensitive to the Holy Spirit and also sensitive to the people that are in front of us, those, those ones and twos that we've been encouraged to start to talk to. We need to be wise in the way that we act towards those that we meet. And it would be really easy for us to kind of keep banging the Jesus drum whenever we go and we shy away from that. Um, you know, whenever we see those people on the streets and they're going for it, I, I'm not sure anyone's ever become a Christian in that way, though I'm sure they perhaps might have. And we can shy away from that, and I think that's okay. But sometimes we can go so far the other way that we just never say anything about Jesus to any of our friends. We never utter those, you know, that word that Kezia was bringing earlier. It's like coming before God, raising a hallelujah, and just 
declaring the name of Jesus is powerful in our lives. We know that, but it's also powerful in the lives of our friends and our family. And so we need to make sure we take the opportunities. Make the most of every opportunity that we have. There are God-given opportunities to share good news that we've received with those around us. And we need to balance the way we act in those situations with also... So we need to be wise, that's the first bit, but we also need to take the opportunities and put those hand in hand. Otherwise, we'll just end up one-sided. Yeah. And so acting, acting wisely, I guess, is becoming alert to the opportunities that we have without jeopardising them. It's being faithful to the gospel whilst also making deep friendships with people and caring for them and loving them. And the best way to do this is to be full of God's grace. And so knowing all that God has done in our hearts is helpful. When knowing the gospel in your heart helps you to share the gospel in your lips. And so reminding yourself daily that, you know, the gospel is... I guess, God proclaiming his love to humanity by sending his son Jesus to this earth. It's Jesus making a way for every person to know their heavenly father again. It's remembering that all the things that we do wrong separates us from the father and yet Jesus dying on the cross has made a way to bridge that gap so that you can know him and have a relationship with him again. It's, it's knowing that there is a holy and just but also loving God who wants to have a relationship with every single human being on this planet and we can help them to come into that relationship. It's why we, we sing those things like your name is a, is a light that shadows can't deny. Your, your name cannot be overcome. It is powerful. He's a, he's a mighty God and he's done mighty things and that's why it's important for us to come and to be ready, seasoned with the gospel, knowing that it's good news, remembering it in our hearts so that we're ready to share it on our lips as we meet people, making those wise decisions, taking those opportunities as they come. And seasoned with salt, it's a good phrase because it's not like, you know, no one gets a salt shake a pot, take off the lid and pour it all on their chips because that's disgusting. It's, you've, you've ruined it. At, at the same time, you know, no one just has chips with vinegar, do they, surely? Like, you want to put salt on? No, surely not. Really? That's unbelievable. Good stuff. <laughs> salt. See, season with salt is all about um, just having a little bit. A little bit of sprinkling here and there. It gives it a good taste, flavoursome, enjoyable to eat, enjoyable to receive, enjoyable to kind of to hear and to, to... It brings nourishment. And so... We need to make sure that we're people that are not over, you know, full on, over the top. Equally, we don't want to be bland and, and just say nothing. We need to be people that are seasoned, making wise decisions and taking those opportunities as we can. And so, for all of us that have put our trust in Jesus, we know that the gospel has transformed our heart. There is great joy in knowing the grace of the gospel in our lives. And so, we just want to let that seep out into our conversations, into our interactions. For all those that haven't put their trust in Jesus then do you know there's there's always opportunities for you to do that you can come before him you can know that reconciliation with the father you can know your sins forgiven you can know purpose and dignity and and value in life you can you can know a love that goes deeper than any other love that you can ever know a deep down security in your life a firm foundation that doesn't rock with the things that go on in the world but you can know security you can know that satisfaction that only I guess that the salt of the gospel can bring. So I want to get the band back up. And um, whenever I come away from an encounter with someone, whether it's just 
helping someone in a, in a car park, sowing a seed in that way, or whether it's praying with a colleague, whether it's inviting neighbours to a quiz night, whether it's talking to a friend about Jesus, regardless of guess what happens, I'm always excited that I'm just walking in the plans and the purposes of God. You know, God sent Jesus the Son from heaven to earth. Jesus gave up all the riches of heaven to come to this earth. And then Jesus sent his 12 disciples to go and lay a foundation for all churches to be built on. And then the Holy Spirit sends the church to go out into the world. It's like a sending movement. Jesus, the first apostle, I guess, sending all the way down to us, encouraging us to go out into the world, to share the good news, to proclaim and prepare our hearts and to pray. And all of this gears us up for the plans of God. It gears us up for all that God might do in us and through us. We're not called to just be a a social club, a group of people that just hang out and enjoy great times, though we do that and it's great. We're also called to proclaim the word of God, the living Christ, Jesus our saviour to our world. And in order to do that, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to know wisdom and look for opportunities. We need to take time and that will look different for every single person in this room. And that's why it's important to come before God, our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So what I'd like us to do, just whilst the band plays quietly, I want to give you time. We don't often do this, actually, but I want to give you time to pray. And we're just going to give you a couple of minutes so just in whatever way you feel comfortable, just whilst you're sitting, why don't you take a couple of minutes, steady your heart before God, just breathe, allow all the things of this world to go out of your mind, and just talk to him, tell him you love him, ask him what he might want to say to you, his will and his kingdom. Father, I just want to thank you so much for for your love to us. Thank you so much that we can even come before you and that we can pray. Thank you that we can approach your throne boldly and courageously because Jesus has made a way. He's nailed our sin and our shame to the cross that we can come before you, we can encounter you, we can speak to you and hear from you. I just pray, Lord God, for all of us just around the room who, who know you, who trust you, have put our love in you. Lord, help us to be devoted in prayer to all that you might do. Help us to gear ourselves up for, for your plans 
first and foremost on our, on our knees, face to face with you, our Father who loves us, who never will leave us or forsake us. Help us, Lord God, to seek your will and your kingdom in our lives through all those people that we might meet, that we encounter, that we already know who don't know you. Lord, I pray, help us to be wise and to take those opportunities, Lord Jesus, that present ourselves, that we would be people that present Christ clearly. And so I just ask you, Lord God, would you fill us with your spirit? Help us to know you deeply, I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. Please do come and visit us Sundays, 10am at the Odeon Cinema in Guildford. We look forward to seeing you.